Hi there, and thanks for tuning into episode 50 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. Can you believe 50 episodes already? The half century mark here on Eyes Free Sports. Absolutely amazing. And I just want to take this time to thank all the listeners out there uh, for listening to the first 50 episodes and certainly look forward to the next 50. So here on this episode of the podcast, we are chatting with a young man uh, who has been very involved in sports radio, both doing live games, color commentary for live games, as well as working on radio shows, and uh, only 23 years old, uh, totally blind, but certainly nothing stops him, as you'll hear uh, throughout our conversation. So let's get rolling here now with episode number 50. All right, so joining me on this episode of the podcast is Trent Ferguson, and Trent is uh, a young man who's already a very accomplished uh, sportscaster, uh, doing sports talk radio, color commentary, and very excited to have Trent on the podcast. Trent, welcome to Eyes Free Sports. Hey, thank you very much, Greg. Uh, really enjoyed getting a message from you uh, last week sometime, just asking me to come on the podcast and share my story. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate what you do as well. Uh, I've uh, listened to a few episodes of Ice Free Sports, and you, you really know your stuff. You, so you do a great job, have a lot of great guests on here, and uh, I'm honored to be a part of this episode. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate that feedback, and, and thanks for checking out some of the episodes as well. Absolutely. You had a, a mutual friend, uh, my buddy Enrique Alou who, uh, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've heard that name before. You know, no, I'm kidding, of course. He's uh, he, he's a great guy. Enrique's a dear friend of mine. He, uh, I'll talk about him later on in the podcast. But uh, but what a broadcaster. Uh, what a great guy. Um, what, what, what just his knowledge of baseball, you know, being totally blind like us is is truly inspiring to me. He, even the, even the, the fact that I've known him for, you know, 11, 12 years now. Absolutely, no doubt, no doubt, and definitely a you know a previous guest on the podcast here. So appreciate you mentioning mentioning him as well. Uh, so first off, Trent, just talk to me about your background. I understand that I, I believe we're both Florida natives. You were born in Florida, correct? I was. Yep, I was born in Winter Haven, Florida, on July twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. So if you do the math, that makes me twenty three years of age. Which you know, time flies. My goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, <laughs> And so I was born in uh, Winter Haven in 1998 at, the, at a hospital up there. And then I uh, spent most of my life in Avon Park, Florida, in Highlands County, in the Avon Park, uh, Sebring area. Really nice area. just kind of calm. You know, the people call it the boondocks. You know, it is kind of out in the boondocks, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so, uh, so it's a, a nice area. Uh, spent most of my life there. Went to uh, public school. Went to preschool in Sebring, Florida, at a school called uh, Fred Wild Elementary. Uh, I went to preschool there. They had a program, and then spent my kindergarten through third grade years at Avon Elementary School in Avon Park, Florida, before uh, transitioning to the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. Uh, I, I had to. Uh, I was actually in third grade twice. Uh, my parents held me back. They figured that you know I would get a, a better experience at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind uh, during my third grade year. So uh, I, I ended up doing third grade uh, twice, but I'm, I'm so glad that I did because uh, the second go round was uh, I grasped the concepts thanks to the teachers up there at FSDB and, and the, the fact that they are trained to teach, you know, people like us, people who are blind and visually impaired and, and not, you know, 
this is nothing against i'm not taking anything uh, away from what the public school teachers uh, that have taught me over the years have done i mean i had a great vision teacher named lois sanders who was fantastic who taught me the the daily life skills and i was able to hone the independent living and just the orientation and mobility i was able to hone those skills when i went to the florida school for the deaf and blind and then uh, subsequently uh, the uh, the rehab center uh, for the vision of blind services uh, in daytona beach you know who uh, helped people hone their skills right before they they start post-secondary education or they help uh, visually impaired people get in the workforce. So I'm grateful that I attended both of uh, these institutions to get where I am today. Gotcha. Very well said. And I'm curious a little more about that transition from the public kind of mainstream school to FSDB in terms of, you know, your social life, making friends. Uh, Did you find it easier to do that when you got to FSDB? Well, I was so young. I, I remember it was August 27th of 2007 when I first started at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. I was only about, uh, I think I was, yeah, I had just turned nine that year because I was born in 1998. So I was uh, turned nine in 2007. And I, for the first six months of that school year, I was so homesick because I had never been away from home for a significant amount of time. I went to camp whenever I went to public school, but but that was only for a week. And that was, you know, maybe an hour and a half up the road. And then I went to uh, a camp uh, that Florida School for the Deaf and Blind offered uh, to, to potential students, to future students before uh, I went to, uh, to the school. But other than that, I mean, uh, I really didn't have uh, that much experience being away. So I really didn't get a chance to develop too many friendships until about February of March of 2008, you know, the, the second half of my third grade school year, just because I was so homesick. And, you know, I had to, you know, think about it. I, I was getting on a, a, a an Annette bus, a, a charter bus with uh, mm-hmm. student, students that I did not know. I spent multiple hours per week going to and from St. Augustine and being picked up by my mom and, and other family members. So, yeah, it was a tough transition, but once once I got past that point, once I got past the homesickness, uh, I was able to de- develop friendships and get to know the staff and get to know basically everybody on campus to where, you know, in middle school, I was, you know, announced, a guest announcing football games at, at Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. I had the hmm. opportunity I had the opportunity to sit on the bench at a uh, uh, FSDB basketball game uh, at times. You know, a guy, a coach by the name of Rick Roberts, who has since retired, set that up for me where he allowed me to kind of sit on the bench and play quote unquote assistant coach if you will uh i will never forget that uh, oh, I, wow. I was only a, i was only a sixth grader I, I or seventh grader rather i led the uh, fsdb dragons out on the court uh, that day so i uh, during that game so i was i will never forget that opportunity uh that i've had and just you know getting to know you know every department uh, getting to know every dorm staff you know getting to hear their stories uh that that was a humbling experience because i worked with these people on a daily basis and a lot of people think that you know teachers are scary you know oh my gosh they're authority (laughs) figures and 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 yes they are but then again they're people too they have stories as well so if you get a chance to, to hear their stories and and get to know them on a personal level more than likely you're going to be fine and you're going to get along with them and if you guys can speak to align your expectations to meet each other's, then more than likely you're in good shape. Exactly. No question. And I know you talked a little bit about doing some coaching, whatnot. Did you get a chance to compete in any sports at FSDB as well? No, I really didn't get a chance. I was I was in the band at FSDB. I, I was actually in two bands. So a uh, funny story hmm. there. And not only am I a sports commentator, but uh, I'm also a, a musician as well. So, uh, 
there are two, uh, this is, is changed now, but there are two bands at FSDB. One of them was called Envision and the other one was called Out of Sight. And I guarantee you that's no pun intended. That This is totally <laughs> uh, the case. Uh, sure. So when, whenever I was in um, third grade, I expressed my interest in being in the band because I, I, I didn't get interested in the sports until uh, about my middle school years, probably the end of sixth grade, early seventh grade. That's when I really fell in love with football, basketball, baseball, you know, hockey. And of course, uh, football and baseball were, were my two main sports. And then basketball grew on me over the years and now I like it. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, whenever I was in third grade, uh, uh, it was a Tuesday afternoon. I was uh, practicing some drums. I just had the opportunity. They were like, hey, come on and play drums. And and uh, somebody walked in the practice room where I was practicing and said, hey, Trent, this is the director of the younger group, the, the junior varsity, if you will, uh, called Envision. He wants to hear you play a little, uh, little song for him. So I said, okay. So I played a little bit, had a good time, uh, you know, just played a, a beat. And then he didn't even listen for five seconds. He was like, all right, thanks, Trent. A week later, he gave me a call and was like, hey, um, can you come to one of our practices so, to get pe- let people get to know you and, and let people, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, sure. So I did. Yep. And- I played, uh, played a little bit, practiced, you know, rehearsed with the band. And then, uh, they said, okay, you know, you're, you're in, you, you, you can, you can join. And, uh, I was in fourth grade. Normally you don't get a chance to join those types of bands till you're in middle school. And then whenever I was in seventh grade, uh, out of sight, which is the high school band, I joined them whenever I was, uh, towards the, the end of my seventh grade year, you know, the, the director, Bill Sabo, I will never forget him. He's a, a wonderful guy. Uh, just, let me say, you know, hey, Trent, you know, this, this is uh, out of sight. Uh, this is the band, you know, this is a, a bigger responsibility, but we think you can handle it. And I said, okay. And so uh, I started playing with them and the drummer and I rotated, you know, one, one, uh, the, the uh, high school drummer, you know, the drummer that was in high school would, would play uh, one gig and I'd play the other and we alternated them throughout the year, you know, out of sight used to play about 30 shows a year. Um, oh, wow. That's really all, cool. all around the state of Florida to, to places like Tampa, to Orlando, to, you know, St. Augustine, you know, up and up. And of course, we were based out of St. Augustine. But, you know, we would come down to Orlando. We played at a uh, assistive technology conference called ATIA. That was one of my favorite gigs every year because hmm. I had the opportunity to uh, get to to experience new technology for the blind and visually impaired that was coming out because of course as you know in today's world technology is, is everything especially sure. in our lives you know oh, yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know uh, uh out of sight i, I really enjoyed uh playing there but uh, to answer your question in a roundabout way i did not have the opportunity to participate um in any sports uh, although uh, another funny story that just came to mind i was in sixth grade and i told my pe coach i, I remember it's coach leger i said coach i'm really starting to to get into football and and i think i could really play football do you think uh, the 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 coach would let me try out for the team and he goes uh, uh trent you being a total it might be tough and i said hey but i could even be a kicker i don't mind being a kicker on the team and <laughs> and uh you know and i finally gave that up he was like nah i said all right well thank you i said i appreciate your your feedback and i ended up you know sticking with the band but that's when i i started being interested in football and and started getting interested in color commentary and then I started uh, interacting with the athletic director saying, hey, if the PA announcer needs a break one night or if he's going to
going to be out of town, please, by all means, let me know because I want to announce a game. You know, I, I want to be on the PA system. And they're like, okay, sure. Frank, we'll take you up on that. And then that's how that happened. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> and then I know I was reading that you, uh, as a youngster, called into, I think it was Sirius XM, one of the channels. <laughs> And that yeah. kind of maybe was your intro to, to really getting into radio and listening and following DJs. Oh boy, did I have, did I ever, <laughs> I tell you, I was obsessed uh, whenever I was about five or six. I just, I started, my grandfather had XM radio and of course, XM sounded totally different than AM and FM radio. XM was, you know, kind of old time. First of all, it had no commercials, so I was very happy. Right. But now, now working in radio, I have uh, I appreciate commercials uh, even more because uh, they they kind of pay my salary. So I'm grateful for that <laughs> sure. uh, by by big time. So, uh, but. Uh, I started uh, whenever I was about six I started listening to the 60s on 6 channel I've always lo loved 60s music you know because those were the classics the, the classic bands the Beatles the Beach Boys the Stone those, those were the cornerstone groups that helped rock and roll develop into what it was and and what it is today i should say because rock and roll uh, as danny and the juniors from the 1950s stated in their song rock and roll is here to stay it will never die uh and because it won't <laughs> you know but uh, yeah. so i uh started calling into a guy named flash phelps and, and that was his uh, radio name flash phelps they called him the flash phelps funny farm from xm but they they spelled his name with ph's so it's p-h-l-a-s-h <laughs> and p-h-e-l-p-s and you get the drift you know basically yep. uh, uh all all words that started with f he decided to change the ph just for his you know shtick and i said all right that sounds great. So I started calling into him. I called into him, requested a song. Uh, I, I talked to him a little bit afterwards, told him I really wanted to be a DJ someday. And we just kind of hit it off. And then I called uh, a guy, uh, the late, great Pat Clark, who uh, passed away a couple of years ago from lung cancer. Uh, he was a great guy. He he actually helped me get my own jingle on the radio station. He, he created the Trent Ferguson jingle. Uh, I have it somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's in the archives. But uh, he created uh, what's called a Sonavox, where, you know, the uh, – the the it was just a, a guy kind of like a, a different you know put effects on his voice and you know said my name you kind of a deep old style voice you know it was, it was cool sure. and then uh, yep. create created a new uh, created a jingle with uh, how the normal on air DJs would would use their jingles so um, that that was cool uh, I really got that was one of my greatest memories my fondest memories of of Pat Clark and and we connected even after he left the company uh back in 2008 after XM and and Sirius merged to now become Sirius XM and so I've uh, and then I also called another guy named Terry Motormouth Young who was on the air back in 2004 you know to the, or he 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 was on he was with XM for about 14 15 years and then mm -hmm. uh, he's he's now on terrestrial radio i think he's on uh, wtmp uh in tampa uh near your neck of the woods he's on every night uh as the oh, night oh, dj wow. very interesting so uh, but yeah that's that's really how i got into radio and i would i would hang out with these guys whenever i would call i would hang out with them for gosh you know two three hours at a time because i would be sitting observing what they're doing and then uh, all you know as little kids would do they try to you know, replicate 
things that, that they've heard. I, I, I tried to replicate, you know, I would pretend to be Flash Phelps occasionally, you know, I would pretend to be Terry Young and, you know, I, I, w- I would call people and say, hey, you want to request a song? And, you know, I, I would call family members to do that. And then, and then uh, you know, it, it was it was cool. And then I started, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Cousin Brucey. I, I spoke to Cousin Brucey uh, a few oh, times. Yeah. Cousin, Cousin Brucey, Bruce Morrow, you know, now works at uh, WABC, uh, worked at Sirius XM for years, but also worked, you know, back in the day for cbs fm and wabc new york and and uh, so many other uh fond radio stations uh, classic radio stations that will always be remembered that will, will always be in the archives i've uh, had the opportunity to know him too so that my, my interest in satellite radio basically sparked my interest to listen to other radio because you know as you and i were talking about off air whenever i got to the uh, florida school for the deaf and blind i would you know, I discovered shows like the MJ Morning Show and and Lex and Terry and so many other uh, classic shows. And of course, the MJ Morning Show is now back on the air on Q105 in, in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, but I remember when they were syndicated because I would listen to them pretty much every morning on my way to school uh, while I was getting ready for school on 97.9 Kiss FM up in Jack's. So uh, we were able to get that pretty clear in St. Augustine. And I know, uh, I know MJ fairly well. I know, uh, uh, Froggy. I know, uh, Meredith, Meredith, who now works for wild 94 one in Orlando, uh, and Orlando and the freak show, uh, great, yep. you know, great personality Meredith is. So, uh, and, and they're all fantastic. Uh, just, just an all around, you know, um, talented people uh meredith's given me uh, uh lots of advice so has mj and, and even you know froggy and and fester can't forget about fester at all <laughs> and coop you know uh, coop the uh the new producer now in tampa so uh yeah just basically just listening to these personalities set off a light bulb in my head saying okay I want to do radio radio this is my calling i need to be behind a microphone and that's what hit it off Sure, sure. Very cool. And then so in terms of sports and radio kind of converging for you in your life. um, So I understand, was it uh, middle school or high school years, you know, at FSDV when you really started to do some announcing work, some color commentary? Uh, it was uh, right around in high school, uh, middle school. I had, you know, dreamed to do it, and I would go up into the booth uh, whenever I was about in seventh or eighth grade to to kind of do some things. But it really started in high school, particularly my uh, my tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade years, where I would. I had the opportunity. I'll never forget. I was a senior in high school. I called one of the last FSDB uh, home football games uh, because they Hmm. needed a PA announcer. The PA announcer was unavailable that night. The athletic, the assistant, uh, the recreation director actually called my dorm at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind said, hey, Trent, you know, uh, are you busy tonight? And I said, no, ma'am, not at all. I can I can totally rearrange they were like, can you announce the football game? I said, uh, absolutely. I'm dropping everything to, to do that without a, <laughs> without a question. I remember, sure. unfortunately, the sad part was FSDB got blown out that night. I think they were shut out. I, I cannot <laughs> remember who they were playing, but uh, mm. my <laughs> I would joke about my vision. You know, I'd say, oh my gosh, it's a it's a great view up here. You know, the, and and I, and I could hear the I could hear the president of the school laughing in the stands. I could hear staff just you know giggling. You know, they they got my my joke and and uh they were like hey trent since fsdb is losing can can you lighten the mood a little bit can you tell some jokes i said oh absolutely <laughs> i said be careful what you wish for and uh, <laughs> you know, no but but no uh nope. but that was uh that was fun uh i emceed 
several events at the school. I, I, I emceed a, a few things. I also ran sound for a few events there. So uh, that, that really gave me uh, experience. And then uh, once we start talking about my current employer, I actually met my current employer, uh, the, the general manager, David Ayers, and the owner, Jim Martin, of the company called Flagler Broadcasting, where I work now. Uh, I actually met them while I was attending FSDB and I'll uh, tell that story once, once we get to it. Uh, but, um, you know, so that, that really exposed myself and that really, uh, showed other people saying, okay, he can do this. You know, let's give him as many opportunities as possible. Exactly. Yep. And so, uh, you know, being in a broadcast booth, let's talk first about, you know, as far as doing a live game, you know, announcing color commentary, whatnot, PA work, um, just talk to me about the adaptations that you use to be able to successfully do that type of work. So I, a lot of times I would have uh, my, my grandparents, uh, uh, Julie and TJ Kenyon, I'm going to give them a shout out because they they uh, helped me mainly. Uh, my granddad, TJ, has oftentimes helped me prep for different broadcasts that I've been a part of. For example, uh, whenever I was a senior going into my senior year of 2017 is when I called my first uh, high school football game with Flagler Broadcasting, where the athlete, the uh, sports director gave me the opportunity. He, he was like, "Hey, you know, let's uh, let's give yourself a chance." And uh, it was a three-man hmm. booth, so the sports director was up there. Actually, it was a four-man because we had a sideline reporter uh, back then too. So it was oh, the wow. sports. It was the sports director, uh, the lead color commentator, whose name is Mike Licio, who and I, who uh, he and I become uh, such great friends over the years, and uh, myself and uh, another great friend of mine named Rich. Carey, Carol, who uh, is actually my uh, you know supervisor if you will uh, now uh, so it's it's amazing how he and I uh, not only is he he's uh, my supervisor but he's my personal friend and uh, and always will be so uh, you know rich uh, was the sideline reporter at the time Mike was the lead color commentator the sports director they called him dr. Dave no he wasn't a real doctor but that was his on-air <laughs> name is pretty neat there's also another uh, a uh, voiceover guy named Dr. Dave who uh, works, uh, who does voiceover work for R&B stations. So uh, uh, it's, there's more than one Dr. Dave out there, which is cool. And uh, so, but uh, he gave me the opportunity to to call games and to, to call, I think it was uh, FPC in Matanzas, Flagler Palm Coast High School in Matanzas High School. It, they, they call it the Potato Bowl. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a long story. I don't even know. Uh, the full story really of, of how they got the name potato bowl. But I called that game. It was the rivalry game at the beginning of the season for uh, cross County schools. And, and whenever I found out, you know, two weeks before or a week or so before I found out I was doing the game, TJ and I would sit down once every day, once every couple of days, start prepping for, for the game. And I would, you know, use an old fashioned braille writer. Of course, I know you're familiar with those. I would use a, a Perkins braille writer to, to braille sure. my stuff out because honestly, uh, I really don't want voiceover on the air. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's how I do my stuff. Now I'm old fashioned when it comes to uh, brailing out on air stuff. Like I braille out a, a sports report, uh, my morning sports, uh, that I do every morning on WNZF. Um, I, I braille out, uh, just what I'm going to say, some cliff notes, and then I I ad lib, I ad lib the rest of it. So I'm like, hey, the Tampa Bay Rays were obliterated by so and so, or oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obliterated the New Orleans Saints, which we're recording this on Sunday. So uh, I hope uh, they they do obliterate the Saints this afternoon. That would be nice. Obliterate Definitely. our former quarterback Jameis Winston. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know that's uh, it's neither here nor there. So I would I would I would ad lib by using words that. You know, 
you can say, you know, the Buccaneers beat so-and-so, but it, it, it brings more flavor to the broadcast. It, it brings a, a more taste when you say obliterated or, or pounded or, you know, destroyed or dismantled, you know, just using a, what they call a juicy type word uh, to, to you, you know, instead of just, you know, the fundamental, Hey, they beat, you know, they down, you know, uh, nah, you, you gotta be creative and, and use those. So anyway, uh, I, I braille my stuff out uh, whenever I'm on the air doing live games in a broadcast booth, I try to have all of my stuff brailled out ahead of time before I have to go to the stadium. So that gives me plenty of time to read over things. I have my phone in the, in the booth with me with voiceover on, but turned way down low, uh, on Hmm. my phone, you know, so I have Twitter, you know, I get up score updates, uh, sent to me on Twitter saying, Hey, you know, sea breeze is beating mainland seven and other, you know, games that people in Flagler County would care about. And so I, I have those coming up on my phone and notifications saying, Hey, Seabury's beat the land seven to nothing, or you know, uh, Oviedo beat Lake Mary fourteen to three. Whatever the case may be, so I could have that, and then I try to find nuggets about players that have not been published in newspapers, you know, or have not been published anywhere else because we want to be original. You know, yes, it's great to have the stats, it's great to have information, but where I do my most prep work is talking to the coaches. You know, I, I get, sure. I, I get to know the coaches, you know, pretty well. And, you know, I ask them about certain players and, you know, whenever we talk and not only do I put them on the air on the morning sports, but I, I take that whole interview and uh, produce my game notes with it, you know, and say, Hey, you know, this player actually went to, uh, co- went to high school or, you know, got his first college offer at this college or, you know, uh, started here. And, you know, uh, he was you know very happy when he found out that he was going to be the starting quarterback and this is how he got here. And just the human interest side is is what really interests me so i i do these techniques you know the brailing the you know helping uh having a sighted person help me a little bit when it comes to prep but when it comes to to calling the plays um of course i got a play-by-play man that does that but in, in terms of me being able to interpret a play i'm able to do that because i've been out on the football field before like i know what it feels like running on the football field i know what it feels like walking across the yard markers saying, okay, he's right across the 25 yard line. I know what it feels like because at FSDB and PE class, we did play a little football back in the day. And I have, you know, I I felt the football. So I know what it means when the quarterback says, okay, I'm going to throw it. Or I know what a seven step drop is because, you know, I had, I became friends with one of the football players and one of the football players showed me that stuff. So I can interpret a play when it says, Hey, a guy runs off the right side and he's going nowhere. You know, I could say, well, the defense was in the backfield or the defense was in the huddle, you know, if you will kind of make a joke, you know, Hey, the defense (laughs) was in the huddle during that play. They knew exactly what was coming or, or, you know, just, just things like that. So, uh, it, it's very helpful, but I'm grateful to have the knowledge that I do have about sports to be able to do what I do. Right. Very interesting insight. And I appreciate that. So when it comes to sports talk radio and kind of transitioning into your current role, you know, working in a studio, working, uh, you know, on a show, whatnot, talk to me about just how you got into that and just you know your your current work it's interesting because uh my father who uh, i'm going to give a little uh, pay a little tribute to my father my father actually uh, recently just passed away on uh, october 3rd he was only 51 years old it was a, a sudden death he had been battling some health issues but uh we never expected him to they, they weren't uh, uh 
current at the current time they weren't uh, life threatening in any way and unfortunately he uh, just passed the age of 51 so i give credit to my dad in terms of getting me into sports talk radio because whenever he would take me places he would have espn radio on he would have uh channels on xm like fantasy sports radio nfl radio uh on our way to on my way to the bus stop each week going to the florida school for the deaf and blind he and i would listen to the uh, a show called the fantasy freaks which uh, had guys like nate lundy and peter burns and and mike Harmon, uh who were hosting it at the time we were listening and then of course other hosts have taken it over as time goes on on fox sports radio but uh, he and I would listen to that for fantasy football advice because we played fantasy football together. We uh, we co-owned a, a, a team. So he really got me interested in that. So during the week, I would listen to ESPN Radio, Fox Sports Radio. I'd listen to all those. But I also discovered WDAE, which, you know, it was 620 back then. Now it's 95.3. Of course, it is on sure. the AM dial, too, at AM 620. But they call themselves 95.3 WDAE. I discovered guys like Ronnie Lane and Tom Krasnicki and the late, great Steve Dumig, who I was so scared to call for so many years, but I listened to him every afternoon. And uh, <laughs> I'm so grateful that I did call Steve Dumig whenever I did. It was in June of 2015. I said, okay. I told my grandmother, I said, I'm going to break down. I'm going to call him. So I got on the phone. Uh, I actually knew the screener pretty well. His name was Eric Sachs. Uh, I knew the uh, screener very well. I uh, talked to him. He was a great guy. He said, I'll put you on hold, Steve. He said, I'll put you on hold. Steve would love to talk to you. So I was like, okay. So uh, I stayed on hold for about 20 minutes or so. I, he was in uh, in a dialogue with another caller uh, while I was on hold. But then he said, okay, let's continue on with Trent in Avon Park. And my heart skipped a beat whenever as he put me on the phone. I was like, <laughs> I'm about to talk to the legend here. And uh, the first thing, yep. he, he, he recently, he, he warmed up to me quickly because I said, you know, instead of calling him Steve, I said, hello, Mr. Dumig, how are you this afternoon? And he goes, I'm very good, but you don't have to call me Mr. And I was like, okay, thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I, I said, uh, yes, sir. I, I just did. He, he said, I know. He said, I know it's how you were raised and that's, that's great. And he and I started talking. I said, you know, I started talking, you know, given uh, my take on the lightning and I started talking about the original six teams and Steve Dumick goes, you don't sound old enough to know about the original six teams though, do you? And he said, I, I could be your dad or your granddad. And I'm like, Oh boy. And so I was like, uh, I was like 16 at the time whenever I called him and he was like, uh, he was like, all right, so my demographics now 16 and up. And then he started laughing. And, and then uh, instead of, you know, one, you know, I finished the rest of my take, but then he was like, uh, so did you start listening because of hockey or, and he just you know, started asking about me. And I finally told him that I was blind and he goes, well, your knowledge of sports is, uh, is amazing. And, you know, you're going to go far in this business. And he told me that on the air. And, and, uh, he even talked about me the next segment because our mutual friend Enrique texted him and said, I just heard Trent on the radio and, and, uh, Steve just uh, read the text on the air and he said, you're doing great, dude, keep it up. And, uh, Steve and I connected on social media and then I met him whenever I went to WDAE for a tour in 2016 with another guest appearance on with, uh, Ron Diaz. I guarantee you, you know, who Ron Diaz is, uh, sure. Ron Diaz, JP Peterson. It was the Ron and JP show. Now, of course it was Ron and Ian. And then, uh, now it's, uh, Beckles and Retcher because Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher do a great job every afternoon on WDAE. But, uh, that's really kind of how I, uh, got myself interested you know i would call the Rays post game show pretty much every day with neil solans and uh yep. talk to him and uh <laughs> yeah 
you know, Neil, Neil's such a great guy. I love Neil and I love, uh, <laughs> Enrique told me a great story. He was like, now Trent, when you talk to Neil and the Rays are winning early, you know, try to rattle him, say, Hey, Neil, the Rays are winning one, nothing. And Neil's going to say, Oh, it's early. You know, you better watch out. And then, you know, that's, that's, uh, he said, good. I'm glad you tease him. And, uh, you know, but Neil knows it's, uh, it's all in fun, but, uh, uh, all great guys. And that's, I started, that's how, you know, after I, uh, you know, before I called Steve Dumig, I got got to know uh, Tom Krasnicki, also known as T. Kras. I also got to know Ronnie Lane. Uh, I'm blessed to know the, a lot of these guys personally. I've had great conversations with Pat Donovan and Aaron Jacobson, the Goon Squad, and uh, yep. you know, so just uh, just basically just from listening to WDAE, really told myself okay you can do sports talk radio because you know your stuff and you know i've had i've had people from dae listen to my stuff and they're like man you you know your stuff and t kras uh, gave me some advice and and then uh right around that time you know that's when i started a podcast with a guy at flagler broadcasting named rich carroll you know the uh the the then uh he played many roles at that time. He was the, the news producer, you know, now he's the news director. Now, you know, I'm the assistant news director, which we'll talk to uh, talk a little bit about also the morning sports anchor, very involved in the sports department there. But Rich and I started a podcast called out of sight sports, uh, pun hmm. intended, by the way, uh, out of sight sports. <laughs> so we, uh, we talked uh, a little bit, you know, we started that and finally David Ayers in 2019 said, Hey, look, you guys sound great. We want to give you a Saturday morning air slot on WNZF on our news station. And then we said, okay. So he said, Saturday morning at 7.30 on WNZF, Out of Sight Sports will air. So uh, basically that's that's kind of how it started. And in 2019, uh, Dr. Dave, the morning sports anchor, uh, announced his retirement. And uh, David Ayers said, uh, Trent, we got a job for you. If you want, uh, you can be the morning sports anchor. And I said, done. And uh, so I took it. And then he said, by the way, you're going to also be on the football broadcast uh, as well with color commentary. And I said, uh, that's, I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm down. And so, uh, so I did that. And then um, last year in 2020, you know, I started paying attention to the news and Rich was like, you know, Hey, Trent, you, you, your knowledge of this news is, is really showing. And it's, it, you seem like you follow it a lot. Uh, how would you like to be the assistant news director? And I said, absolutely. I'd love to. So he trained me to, uh, you know, be able to call, different people to get audio on press releases and to cover meetings and and uh you know i'm i'm his uh nowadays you know my job consists of uh uh more on the the production side you know uh, uh i do make uh, occasional phone calls here and there but uh he's allowing me to be creative with my role now you know i'm uh, i'm uh covering a lot of city council meetings whether it be uh, Flagler County Commission uh, Palm Coast mm-hmm. City Council it's not just limited to uh, city council meetings it's also Flagler, the Flagler County School Board I've covered uh, several of their meetings and and uh, those are interesting as well so uh, the meetings and he's allowing me to produce you know I get, I get to produce stories every now and then I get to produce promos so it's uh, it's it's really fun being a part of the news and the sports department at Flagler Broadcasting and also doing some commercial production uh, along the way. So uh, David Ayers and, and company has really allowed me to diversify and not, not because in radio you have to be versatile because if you're not, you're not as valuable as your sighted peer maybe. And, uh, you know, just, just because you're visually impaired doesn't mean you, you don't have to be versatile because you do in order to succeed in radio. Absolutely. Great points. Yep. 
Um, let's see. I am curious, just, you know, as I know you're also a huge sports fan, in addition to working in sports media, broadcasting, whatnot. And I'm curious, uh, how do you find in terms of accessibility, you know, websites with statistics, with scores? Um, do you mainly use like apps on your phone or your computer? Or how do you access this information? And how accessible do you find it to be? I use a lot of different apps. Like I use, I read the Orlando Sentinel. I try to read the Tampa Bay. I try to read uh, many news publications, whether it be the Orlando Sentinel, the Tampa Bay Times. I have a subscription to the Athletic. I have a subscription to the Daytona Beach News Journal for high school football stuff uh, that, that helps me uh, prep. You know, kind of get recaps of, of games that I didn't get a chance to see because I was either calling a game or we had a bye weekend or what have you. So normally I access, access those on my phone, and for the most part, they're they're okay. I'm I'm an Apple user. I'm an Apple guy. I have an iPhone. So, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, read things and, and try to write them down in Braille or record them and take notes on my computer. A lot of times I use, uh, so I use a mix between my phone and my computer to get all this information. And, and a lot of times it's, it's accessible. You got some websites that aren't, you know, it's just like with sighted people, you know, sometimes certain things are, are more accessible or uh, a lot better to use than others. And everybody understands that. So, uh, uh, but yes, I, I mainly use my phone to get uh, all the information and I'm grateful that uh, the iPhone is so uh, blind friendly and, and so accessible because uh, without it, it would be tough to get the information I need. Exactly. Well said. Um, I did want to give you a chance to plug uh, your band, any kind of musical interests interests uh, that you do have. Oh well, I appreciate that. I do. Uh, I'm in a band. It's a very long story. They've been uh, in the in, together for so many years, but they call themselves the California Toe Jam Band. And uh, just to give you a little, <laughs> <laughs> to give you a little uh, brief brief story. Uh, California Toe Jam, you know, was supposed to be a band uh, back in the 80s, you know, the uh, the leader, uh, Harry Havery and uh, the uh, uh, another member, uh, Dr. Rodney Hollinger, you know, uh, Dr. Rodney Hollinger was Harry's uh, guidance counselor at a school down here in Sebring, Florida, you know, back in the 80s. And and uh, one of the uh, faculty came up to, to Harry and, and Rodney and said, hey, we need a band for uh, homecoming for the homecoming dance and we want it to be like beach themed you know and they were like okay <laughs> so uh, you know and then uh, like I think it was the music director walked in and and had like flip flops on and somebody said hey it looks like you have toe jam on your uh, on your feet and then they're like oh <laughs> that's what we could be toe jam and then uh, so he had the uh, flip flops on and then they're like California toe jam yep that's it and then they always joke because they're like well we were only going to be we we were only going to uh, be playing for you know homecoming of for like 1984 and 1985 something like that yeah they've been together for 36 37 years down the line and they've had several drummers so um wow <laughs> I, I i became the drummer the full-time drummer in 2017 uh really enjoy playing with these guys uh love the music you know i grew up on the music they play uh, legit not not because i was born in, in that area mm -hmm. in that era necessarily but because uh i listened to it a lot so uh and to just we we play if you go to, you, you learn more about the band by going to californiatoejam.com it's spelled just like it sounds you know the state of california and then toe jam uh, all one word dot uh, com you can find where we're going to be playing uh you can uh, listen to us a little bit we're also on youtube and uh if you uh follow me on my facebook page uh, trent ferguson if you uh, a friend if you add me there on facebook trent ferguson you'll see me post about them frequently so uh 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, on WNZF, you can hear me every weekday morning, uh, Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 on Flagler's Morning News. Um, my sports reports air usually about 25 and 55 after every hour. If you just uh, download the Flagler radio app, if you're not in the listening area, and click on w, click on 94.9 FM WNZF on the list of stations. Just click Listen Now, and all six of our stations will pop up. Um WNZF uh, will will pop up and you just hit play and then there you have it and then Out of Sight Sports airs every Saturday morning at seven thirty on the same radio station WNZF. Wow, that's awesome, and I can certainly include all that information in the show notes uh, for this episode for everyone to have as well. All right, again we've been visiting with Trent Ferguson, and uh, Trent, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate your willingness to be a guest on my podcast. Uh, your your knowledge of just dates, everything that you've just been spitting out during this conversation is fascinating and really look up to you. I know the word inspiration is kind of overused, you know, with people with disabilities, but uh, you're definitely a cool guy and, and, you know, hopefully we can meet up someday in person. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, anytime. And uh, hey, I, you're an inspiration too. You know, you're hustling. You're you're doing this podcast. Uh, it's it's really <laughs> great. You know, I mean, you're you're doing stuff. You're doing stuff with uh, with your life as well. So the feeling is mutual. You uh, you inspire uh, others, myself included, and you just uh, keep doing what you do as well. And and look, if you're listening out there, and if you're kind of down in the dumps, going, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with myself, or I, I don't. You have hope as as long as you put your mind to what you're doing, and as long as you you know give it 100% effort every time out, more than likely you're going to be successful. Now I will tell you, it takes time. It, it's taken a lot of time to for me to get to where I am, but I'm grateful for the long hard days of me just grinding. And hey, I'm still grinding. You know, I'm still working my way to the top. Uh, I'm just uh, proud to you know thankful that uh the, the radio company i currently work for flagler broadcasting has uh, really shown interest in me and has invested uh time you know and and money into my career to this point so uh very happy with that and and all i'm saying is uh give it your all and and push through the bad times because you'll get through it absolutely all great advice all right again trent really appreciate it man thanks so much thank you Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.